Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. When I started this morning, he told me to ask the question, what do you believe? The simplicity of the gospel is our belief. He said, if you believe that Jesus was the Son of God and He died for you, that you'd be saved. But there's so much more to salvation than just the forgiveness of our sins. But the simplicity of it is your belief. And I believe that's why the enemy attacks our belief so hardcore. Religion makes it about do's and don'ts. Christ makes it about loving him. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And he writes the commandments on our hearts. So it's like, if I don't love him, I'm not going to follow him. And I think about when I first met my wife, I'd do anything for her. You know, that, you know what people call that puppy love, right? I'm on the phone with her all the time. I didn't want to do anything to displease her. You know, that was my girl. <laughs> and I'd do anything for her. And his love is so much deeper and so much richer. That when you... When you truly fall in love with him... All you want to do is please him. And in his presence, it's so much easier. Today, this morning, his presence is so overwhelming. You know, you'll do anything for, for him. It's easy when you're in his presence. But when you get out into this world where it's dark and cold, and there's so much hate around, it's, it's a much more difficult process. Because you're not... In his presence. You don't sense his presence like you do right here and right now. If I could, it would be so much easier. But that's the faith walk, isn't it? It's, it's what we believe. If I believe he's with me always. But I don't feel him. If I'm, if I'm going to walk by what I feel and what I see, I'm not walking by the gospel, am I? I got to walk by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But in the reverse of that, I can hope in God and see it with my spiritual eyes and receive it. And then the natural realm has to open up to what I see in the spirit realm. He's, he's got to give it up. In heaven, in heaven as it is on earth, in heaven. We're going to reach into heaven with our spiritual eyes. And we're going to pull down heaven to earth. 
and make it natural. I, uh, so many stories going around in my spirit about Jesus and, and how he healed so many. It says everyone that came to him was healed. There was not one that left lacking. And then there was people that pulled on him and he, he wasn't even aware of it until they touched him. You know, the, the lady with the issue of blood, she pressed through the crowd. And touched the hem of his garment. And she pulled on what he had. She believed in her heart, didn't she? That if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. That's the kind of belief we have to have. See, he was there in the physical. We don't see him now, do we? Some of us do. When your spiritual eyes are open, you... You can see them. My eyes are getting there. I can sure feel them though. <laughs> and then there's a centurion that sent a group of people to Jesus and said, hey, Come and heal my servant. And then he's like, Wait a minute. I understand this man is a man of power and authority. Just tell him to say the word. And it will be done. And Jesus marveled at his faith. And he spoke the word and his servant was healed. And then I look at the man that was sick of a palsy. They had friends to take him to Jesus. And where he was at, it was so crowded they couldn't get in. So they took him up on the roof and took the roof off the house and let him down through the roof. And when they let him down, you know, you'd think Jesus is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to heal this guy. And what does he say? He says, your sins be forgiven. And the Pharisees, boy, that outraged them. They're like, who are you to forgive sins? Not knowing he's the son of God. And then he says, well, what's easier to say? Your sins be forgiven or rise up and walk? And he rose up and walked. Isn't it amazing that God, you know, Jesus in the flesh, healed all who came to him. And I want you to see something this morning. He put forgiveness of sins on the same plane as healing. Right there. Right in that story. You have to see that. And how easy is it for us to say a prayer of salvation and receive the forgiveness of sins? Yeah, how hard is it for us to receive the healing that's in that same atonement? This is what I believe God wants us to understand this morning is that what we believe for, we can have. He says it in his word. What we believe, we shall receive. You know, there's, there's one condition, though. He says it in James. It's the condition of our heart. Why are we asking? If my heart's motive is wrong, I'm not going to receive what I'm asking for. I've even seen people ask amiss 
for something from God. And because their heart motive was right, he still answered. I'm like, God, how is that possible? There's one story in, in here that I've, I really like. I'll see if I can remember where I... I'm not sure where I read it from this morning now. I'll just share it. <laughs> you all know the story. So the disciples, they just got through going, I think it was 72 by 2, and seeing God move, healing all, seeing people get delivered and saved. And then a man brings the disciples his boy, who was, I would say, Possessed, deaf and mute is what the word said. And the disciples couldn't cast that demon out. And the, the father came to Jesus and said, Jesus, I, I brought my son to your disciples, but they could not cast this demon out. And Jesus looked at his disciples and said, how long am I going to be with you? Why do you doubt? And the whole context of this story is doubt. And I've read it over and over and over. And Jesus looks at the boy, asks the father, says, how long has he been this way? So I think he said since birth. And sometimes he'll throw himself in the fire and the water. So Jesus casts the demon out the deaf and mute spirit. And the boy throws himself on the ground and convulses, comes out. And I believe that's what the, the disciples saw, is they saw in the natural that this boy wasn't delivered and immediately like they saw everything else. So they allowed doubt to come in that, ah, oh, it didn't work this time. And how many times does the enemy in our own life work on us in that fashion? That we don't see things materialize instantly. So we give up. Or we speak against our own healing. Just Friday night. I'll get back to the story in a minute. I was working around the house and I don't know what happened. But it felt like I broke a rib. I could, couldn't twist. I couldn't hardly bend down. Breathing was very difficult. And I know it was attack of the enemy. I didn't do anything to break a rib. And we had practice here Friday night uh, with Glenn and Tracy and the, their group. Um, so I was like, all right, Lord, while they're practicing, I'm going to have Glenn pray for me. So he, he prayed for me. He's like, how do you feel? Well, I definitely wasn't healed. I mean, it wasn't a miracle. But I felt better. It felt like the, the knife was out of my back, so to speak. 
So I told him, I said, I'm better. I said, I wish it was a miracle. I said, but he's healing me. He's like, all right. And he asked me periodically through the night, feeling better? I said, yep, yep, getting better, breathing better. Pain wasn't as sharp. And I went to bed, and laying down, it really hurt to lay down because it just, I felt that pressure. It's like, no, I'm healed, I'm healed. Finally fell asleep, and I woke up at 2, no pain. Haven't had it since. And I say that because I believe when he prayed, I was healed. Did it manifest right away? No, it didn't. Miracles manifest instantly. Healings come. Sometimes gradually, sometimes longer than what we want. But we have to stand on what we believe. The word is the truth, and we need to stand on that truth to see the fulfillment of it. Now back to the story. So the disciples asked Jesus, why could we not cast this out? Why did it not happen? And then at the end of the story, he says, this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. And I've seen so many people point the finger at that kind of demon or whatever he was going through. And I'm not against that at all. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So the greatest of all lives in me. What do I have to fear? That demon's got to go. The problem here was they doubted. So what does prayer and fasting do? It gets us closer to the Father. So that we don't doubt. That's the context of that story. And that's what he wants to do in our lives. He wants to remove doubt and unbelief from us so that we can walk in the fullness of who he's called us to be. Many of us deal with things in our life, don't we? And I believe the biggest thing that we can do is just continue to get close to him and then follow his instruction. What is he asking us to do. When we are obedient to what he says, manifestations happen. It could be as simple as just worship with me right now. How many times have you been in his presence and things just fall off? I mean, I heard him in this this morning when we were talking, or when Pastor Becky was talking about his glory and, and it, my mind goes back to the, in the Garden of Eden, and Adam and Eve were clothed in the glory of God so that they didn't even recognize that they were naked. When God clothes us in his glory, everything else is just, there's nothing else there. I mean, it, what else is there to care about? I believe that's where he's taken us is he wants us to get into realms of his glory so that nothing else will matter to us except him and his desire for our life and our family. I know he cares about me. 
I know he cares about my family. He cares about everyone. He gave me a, a, a vision the other day, and I think I shared a little bit of this with Daryl the other day. And uh, it brought me back to um, a worship leader. <laughs> Can't even think of her name now. Uh, but God had showed her a vision of herself because she was depressed. And what he showed her was a music box. And every time he'd open the music box, she'd pop up and start dancing before him. And he'd just laugh and be amazed and then close it and do it again. And it was just, she was like, man, Lord, what is that all about, you know? He says, well, I delight in you. When you worship me, when you, every time I see you, I delight in you. You're my creation. And what, what I saw was a picture of his heart. And it's like he took a piece of his heart. And he formed each and every one of us. So when he sees us, he sees him. He sees a part of his heart. And he delights in us. And that. And then I, I thought about the, the flip side of that. You know, everybody that receives him and comes to him, he gets that part of his heart back. He says, but what about the ones that choose not to be with him? It was like he, he said, I'll never get the piece, that piece of my heart back. They're gone. This is how much he loves us and desires to be with us. He doesn't want any one of us to end up outside of his creation. He didn't create hell for us. He created it for the devil and his angels. His heart's desire is for us to spend eternity with him. But we don't have to wait for eternity to spend it with him. This is the, I believe this is the biggest lie of the church. Religion. Because we're all waiting. And he's like, no, now. The kingdom is here. It's now. He's here. He's now. He always said the kingdom is at hand. His kingdom is in us. The king resides within us. And he desires for each and every one of us to bring the atmosphere of heaven to the ones around us. Just like Peter, when he walked, his shadow healed people. That's available to us today. I want to see it. I want to be able to walk past somebody and they'd be like, hey, that pain just left. Why not? It happened then. It can happen today. He said, I'm the same today. Or yesterday, today, and forever. All it takes is for us to pursue him. Yet, we don't understand how much he's pursuing us. 
How many times do you get woke up in the middle of the night? And he just wants to spend some time with you. I, I can tell you I don't always get up. <laughs> but I tell you when I do, oh man, it's so good. I wrote down some, I, I like a gentleman by the name of Bobby Connor, and he was writing down some, some sayings, one of them was from Catherine Coleman, a couple from her, it says, active faith dares to believe God to the point of action, something has to happen, and you've been hearing that a lot. Step out and do something, right? And it doesn't mean copy what someone else is doing. It means, okay, Lord, what would you like me to do? Right? Some people, it's get on your knees right where you're at. Some people might be just open your mouth and sing because you don't. <laughs> it's all between you and him. says, the only limit to the power of God lies within the individual. Do we want to limit God in his power? I don't, although sometimes I do. Here's one from Smith Wigglesworth. There are boundless possibilities for us if we dare to act in God and dare to believe in God. The possibilities are endless. We've got a hurting and dying world all around us. And we're the light of the world. That's what he said. We are the light of the world. And he wants to shine through each and every one of us. And when we come together as the body of Christ, then that power is limitless. And that's what I believe he's doing in this day and hour. He's bringing his body back together. And it may not be in the physical form, you know, under one roof, but in the spirit realm, we're together. I don't know how many times I've listened to a sermon and then heard the same sermon at church and then from another pastor and from another it's like tell me he's not saying the same thing to me they're in tune with the spirit of God <laughs> God knows what he's doing he knows what he's doing in each and every one of us and you and how much he desires to be with you. It, it's more than what I can express. I don't know how to express it. I can sense it. At times it's overwhelming. And I can't. I can't contain that. I wish I always. Was obedient to the calling. But I'm not. 
but you know I'm getting better. He said that, you know, he came to show us the way. So we look at his life and what he did. And the disciples seen it because they asked him, teach us to pray. They saw that was the most important part of Jesus' life, his communion with the Father. And then he goes to the cross And allows his body to be mutilated and crucified for us. And it's like, will you trade me places? That's what he's saying. Will you trade places with me? My body's already been mutilated for you. So your, my spirit, the spirit of God can come alive in you. Crucify that flesh. When I get into the flesh, just like Becky was sharing a couple weeks ago about our identity, you start putting on things that aren't you. And when I get in the flesh, the first thing that happens is, oh man, I, I let shame come on. Because I'm ashamed that I got in the flesh. There's regret. There's all these things that try to rise up because I know I made a mistake. I sinned. I fell, I fell short of who I am. But the amazing thing is, and, and John, it says that if you sin, you have an advocate to the Father. His name is Jesus. So ask for forgiveness right away and then don't accept all that shame and guilt. Move forward in him. Because what kept Adam and Eve from God when he came into the garden? They were ashamed, weren't they? So what does shame do to us? It, it keeps us from the Father. It's like, oh man, I'm not worthy to be in his presence. And that's the first lie of the enemy. Because he doesn't want us in his presence. So believe that when you ask for forgiveness, it's done. And if you notice, us as believers, we don't practice sin and do we? We practice living for him, we practice his presence. It's all about him. So our lifestyle of sinning is gone. We don't do that anymore. But do we make mistakes? Yeah. And you regret those mistakes. That's a good sign. Because when I was in the world, I didn't care if I sinned. It didn't matter to me. It matters to me now. Because it matters to him. So I say that so that you don't look at, oh, I messed up again. I messed up again. I'm... Just keep going forward. It's not who you are. The more you press into him, the more you realize who you are in him, the stronger you get, and the more those things just fall off. 
I've noticed that there's things that I used to do, they don't even allure me anymore because of where I'm at with him. He's made me strong in the areas where I used to be weak. So all you got to do is keep pressing into him. Keep believing that I am the righteousness of Christ. I'm no longer the old man. I'm a new creation in Christ. The old is dead and is passed away. Let the new come forth. Anybody with disease. I've got a new bloodline. I've got the blood of Jesus running through my veins. That disease can't stay. It's got to go. He didn't create us in that fashion. The way we were isn't who we are now. He's created us perfect in his image. He sees us through the blood. So that when I make a mistake and I repent and I come to him and say it again, he's like, what are you talking about? It's in the sea of forgetfulness. Don't bring it back up. The enemy likes to bring it back up. Or what you're battling or going through. Just keep standing on that word. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I've got new blood flowing through my veins. I don't have to accept what the doctor says about me. Because God says I've been redeemed. I've been made whole. Salvation says I'm healed, delivered, and set free. And that's what he wants us to believe. Believe who you are in Christ. And then walk towards that belief. I like this. Hold on to hope. It pays dividends. So, how many here struggle with their belief? Is there areas in your life that you struggle with? I believe we can come to the altar and just say, Lord, I'm ready to believe what you say in this word. This word is truth. And we have to have this truth in us the saying the truth will set you free I've seen a lot of pastors this truth will set you free right the only thing I didn't understand is they left out a word it's a truth you know sets you free and knowing is an experiential the truth you experience sets you free. When you experience the revelation of the living God, no one can take that from you. 
When you experience his healing power, no one can tell you that he doesn't heal today. When you see somebody raised from the dead, ain't nobody going to tell you he doesn't raise from the dead. This is the experiential I'm talking about. Look at what he's done in your life. Look at what you've already experienced in him. And then expect more. Because our expectations, as Wade said last week, our expectation of who God is, is who he is to us. So if we limit his expectations, we're tying his hands. We serve a sovereign God. There's times where he'll come in sovereignly and there'll be a manifestation. But there's consequences to my words. If I speak against what I'm believing, then I tie the hands of my father. I have to come in agreement with what he says. And he says that I'm redeemed by the blood of. And that I'm his son. And you're his daughters and sons also. And how does he treat his sons and daughters? He loves on us. He draws us closer to him. He wants to provide everything that we need. He said, look at the birds of the air and the fowls. Don't I supply what they need? Why wouldn't you think I would supply for you? I need to stop looking at the world's way of supply and look at his. And I believe this job was my first step. <laughs> because the world's way is the more I make, the more I can get. I took a step back. I'm, I'm working less hours now, and I make less money, and he still supplies. That's our God. And I'd like to work none. <laughs> So I'd have more time for the things that really excite my heart. And you never know. He may bring me to that point. And I hope he does. Because there's always something to do somewhere for someone. You know. He said we're servants. And we're to serve others. So. If. You desire prayer this morning, feel free to come up. We can pray for you. If you just want to sit on the altar for a minute, I know he did a lot this morning already. His presence was, he's so amazing, he's so awesome. And he does so much when his presence is here. He speaks to your heart. And that's the best time to speak to him. And then expect a reply. Because he loves speaking to his children. So whatever it is you're believing for, expect the manifestation. You serve a big God. And he has every resource at his hands. And he says, those resources are your resources. They're yours 
to have. And all we have to do is have the right motive in our heart of what we're going to use that resource for. I can't be selfish, can I? So, Lord, I thank you for the stirring of your spirit, for your presence this morning in worship, Lord, for your word you delivered. Because without you, I can do nothing. That word didn't come from me. It came from you. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful, Lord, that you'd use vessels of honor, that you would flow through us as your children. Continue to move the way you desire to and and bring that revelation, knowledge of who you are to each and every one of us. Pull that veil back even more, Father. Any misperceptions of who you are, Father, break them off right now in Jesus' name. That we would see clearly of who you are and who you created us to be. We are to be in perfect union with you, Father. That's who we are. Your children. One with you. And we will not settle for anything less than your best. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Well, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.